Hi, welcome to the Parenting Bridge podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Alden, a licensed professional counselor, parent coach, and family therapist. And I'm here to help you to build a bridge to your best family possible. Tonight, I wanted to talk to you about some of the, just the destruction and and the impulsive, like, aggression um, that we're seeing in so many of the kids. And I know that you guys are struggling with it and seeing it too. And I, and I know that it's been a struggle for a long time. And, and we have always addressed this um, with the need, you know, we know that you need safety and that we want to establish safety. And so I just want to just talk about this tonight and just put some ideas out there. Um, so one thing that I think is important to realize is that this is really impulsive behavior and that it comes from a delay in executive functioning skills. It's a it's a brain issue. It's neurological. It's not just um, defiance or disobedience when you have kind of that really impulsive, destructive anger. Um, it's a, it's it's just coming from a different place. And that doesn't mean that we're going to just excuse it. I want to really deal with it and talk about it, but I think it's important to understand that this impulsive delay in executive functioning skills is is driving a lot of this. And so we have to really look at how we handle it in light of that. This is how I understand it. The reactive center of the brain um, is responding to stimuli and taking charge of all the decision-making. So the decision-making isn't happening from the place of executive functioning. They're not thinking about, oh, if I do this, this is what's going to happen. They're not really great at cause and effect and really understanding that or holding um, that very well. So, you know, in their minds, like if this happens, then this happens. That's that's part of what we're teaching and that's part of what we have to keep working on teaching our kids. But their, their central part of their, their reactive center of their brain. So they have the emotion, the emotions and the reactive, those are what is responding to the stimuli and is taking charge in the decision-making. And that's what's causing a lot of the impulsiveness. Um, so focusing, we, we don't want to spend time focusing on how you feel about it, how it made you feel, um, you know, if they care, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, because that's, we were to really focus on what we're going to do about it and be more action orientated. And I think one of the hardest things about the destruction and the things that I see happening um, is that it's infuriating, right? As a, it's your home, you know, they're punching holes in the walls, they're breaking things there, you know, they're, it's crazy making because you're living with that and, and they don't, they don't seem to really care, right? And sometimes it's not their stuff that's getting broken, although some some kids, it's just whatever is there. Um, but for a lot of you, it's it's your home. And and then if there's the violence towards the other kids, like there's, you know, or yourself, you're really probably struggling with that. And so we have to really use these tools rather than just be disgusted or disdained. So I see a lot of that, you know, especially, you know, when there's been a lot of destruction, it's just like, it's hard to not 
just really feel a lot of disdain disdain for what's happening. You know, the the aggression piece of it is more of the anger, the spiteful, vengeful, defiant piece of it. Um, and so that's that's what it rises up in us too when those things are happening. It's hurtful. Um, there's there can you know be shock at the stuff that's happened. I've you know I've lived with kids that have you know smashed uh, windshields, you know, um, of cars, you know, done incredible amount of damage. And so there's also that resentment piece of it. And so this is the thing is these are, this is how these kids are coping, you know, and I see it across the board, even the kids that aren't as aggressive, like willing to like really do something like put holes in the wall and stuff. It's more like they'll grab something and just break it in the moment. It's, it's still part of their coping skills. And it's terrible. Like, these are not the coping skills that we want them to have. And it's not that you necessarily taught them those coping skills. I'm not saying for a minute that you taught them these coping skills. But it is very difficult because they have these terrible coping skills when they're, and it's like producing this physical release. And, you know, you're dealing with the aftermath of it. And so I think that's a lot of the question, too. It's like, um, we want the kids to pay, right? Like we want them to pay for this stuff that they've done. Somehow, you know, we want to do something to pay. So we want to talk about that a little bit too. One thing that um, I've been talking to Dr. Federici about, my colleague in on the East Coast, um, he's a neuropsych doctor. Some of you know him or know of him or have had your kids evaluated by him. And we were talking about just this high level of aggression um, and just this like out of control, like in a, in a minute, right? Like they just, it's like they can't manage their emotions. So it's like this um, intermittent explosive disorder kind of stuff or, you know, um, dysregulated mood disorder. Um, you just like one minute, it's, it's like manic, right? Like one minute they're, they can be laughing and like, you know, almost in a crazy, you know, like frenzied state. And, and then the next second, it's like, they're angry, they're crying or stomping around or hitting things or, you know, slamming doors, you know, breaking windows, things like that. And so it happens really, really fast. So he was talking about the medication. And so I would like to encourage you to have conversations with your, your med managers about this like if you're seeing these really big jumps in moods and I'm not just talking about like in the morning they were kind of you know one way and then in the afternoon they were other I'm talking about like um one kid that we're you know we'll be playing a game a game he wants to play and as soon as something doesn't go his way it's like he's just super upset it doesn't matter that he's been doing things all along to other people it's like there's no like reason in it you know and he's and and so we're helping him through those moods but when you're seeing those moods just flash so fast like we gotta really go back and look at the medication and so one of the things Dr. Federici said is that you know really look at the medication they've been on for a long time because it it's um it's not working if it's not stabilizing their mood and sometimes that is that might have to do with their ADHD medication um he was talking about using the medical for mood um and and Wellbutrin, um, and but you're really going to have to talk to your doctors and really help, try to help them understand. And um, and if you've 
talked to Dr. Federici, had an evaluation and you're still having, you know, some of these problems, like you could for sure reach out to him. Um, he can make recommendations, but he can't prescribe this medication tease, but you're going to have to do the, you know, just talk to your doctors about it because it's that, it's that extreme behavior that we want the medication to take the edge off of. And so we need something that's going to stabilize their moods and it should it's going to have to be kind of fast working. So I'm not a med manager and I wish I could tell you more, but I, I, I can't. So, you know, the one thing he said is that if you have these kids that have these neurological things going on in their brain where their reactive part of their brain is lit up, whether it's from, you know, fetal alcohol, drug effect, um, trauma, whatever the things are, um, that the ADHD, ADHD medication that's working primarily on the frontal lobe may be actually causing some problems. And then the autism piece of it is really interesting too because these are primarily kids that have been diagnosed even with mild autism, but autism should not necessarily make kids violent and aggressive in the same way. Like they might have a temper tantrum, but this is like, this is something else going on. So one thing that we've been really working on with the group of kids that we have right now that are that are extremely uh, I call them edgy, you know, <laughs> um, they're going to change in a minute is we're, we're doing a lot of like transition work. So before we go from one thing to the next, we make sure that they're calm. If they start getting too wild, we sit down for a minute, take a break and then go into it. And I'll sometimes asking a child to sit down or take a break can send them over the edge too. So I want you to be really careful about that. Um, but just pay attention to kind of what's going on with them and, and really, one thing that I think that helps the most is is really we have to really help develop their thinking and their planning and their responses, but we can't do it in the moment. And so that's the hardest part, right? It's like in the moment is when everything is happening and that's that's a moment too late for us. So then we have to do whatever we can to just create safety. And but on on these other times, like what we want to do is to continue to develop thinking and planning responses. This is really, really important. I'm going to talk some more about that. But I think also, like, I just want to encourage you as parents, because I've been in a lot of homes where it's like there's been so much destruction for so long that I feel like it's as the kids are getting bigger, it's like you're starting to realize, like, wow, like somebody's going to really get hurt. Um, and, and the things that are getting damaged are is getting more. But it's it's something to take very seriously. Like I'm I'm taking it very seriously the the level that these kids are at in this physical release and and what they're going to do to do that and how important it is. When we say that we're going to do the program and we're going to take these first, especially the first thirty days, and be really really intensive. Like you you've got to do that, and if you have to reset and do that over and over until you this part of safety is so important not just your safety, I mean, that's important too, and the other kids and your things, but for them, for these kids to know that we can't really move forward until we've dealt with that. We have to know as human beings how to get a hold of ourselves because the problems are just going to get bigger. I mean, if you're, we're already calling the police, you know, and we're doing, but the whole thing about juvenile detention is that the goal is to do everything we can to change the behavior and to help these kids so that they don't end up being adult offenders. And and these kids that have this 
stuff going on in their brains. Like it's it's not planned out. I don't want them to to go to you know to adult jail. You know, I want them to learn as kids. Like we have to manage this. So so you know we take it really seriously and really think seriously about what what you can do to help develop those thinking and planning responses. These kids are, they're not, it's not going to work to just tell them that they're going to breathe or tell them to use their coping skills. Like they may need a lot of hand over hand, like here's what we're going to do. We're going to get calm. We're going to take a breath together, you know, um, but also like planning out what they can do when they're angry instead of just saying, you know, I don't want you to get angry anymore or I don't want you to, to, break things or I don't want you to do this. It's like, what are these kids going to do? Because that energy and that need to release that energy is, it's like they're, they turn kind of into, you know, wild animals. So we got to figure out how to best, you know, reach these kids and, and do that. So sometimes the destructive nature of kids, especially as they get older in that posturing, especially, and I see this especially with boys, um, girls are a little bit more emotionally based and sometimes they can even tell you like, I'm so angry, like I'm going to break something or I'm going, I, I just want to punch something or somebody where boys will, when they start to feel overwhelmed, it's like it gives them so much power to be angry and to be destructive. And it's like intimidation, whatever else they're feeling like that's being held off because of this control and power that they have in that moment. And sometimes, you know, and unfortunately, like you as the parents are kind of that outlet for venting that. We want to, that's the piece of it. Like we, we've got to do a lot of work to create something different. So here's some, here's some things that I've been thinking about. Um, and I know that, I know that a lot of you that have done the program are, are doing these things or have done these things. If you are not doing the program now and you did the program in the past and you're seeing a rise in the aggression and all of that, um, first of all, I, I don't know if it's, it's like there's Christmas and New Year's and then the weather changes. I think it's just been a crazy season. So um, some of you I haven't had contact with in a little while, but just know like we're, we're, we're doing everything we can to help you to use, go back to those basics, right? Like keep them close to you. Um, use the structure, um, use the, the schedule, um, really work on those transitions. Really, um, if they come home from school and they're in a mood, like it's, you know, or, or they're upset, like give them ways to vent that, that is safe. Like if they're, if they're telling you like everybody at school is stupid and you know, all of these things and they're using their words to tell you that and they're frustrated, like acknowledge that frustration and ask them at that time, like, what can we do about it? Like, like take it seriously what they're saying so that they, they can at that level, like that's the level we want them to stay at, even if it's really negative or it drives us crazy because they're telling us, you know, that they're being bullied when we know that they're the bully or whatever it is. But we want to keep them at that level where they can talk about it and then we can problem solve it. It's like, okay, so um, I get it. You're really angry and upset. What can we do about it? What's going to be the best thing that we can do in this moment? Or, or you know, how how can we, um, you know, make this, make this better? Um, but also, like, just listening. Like, really acknowledge it. Yeah, I hear that, you know, and that doesn't feel good, does it? And 
Um, are you st- and then, you know, before you just switch to the next thing, like, are you still angry about this? Because sometimes kids are carrying something, you know, it's not this thing that happened that sends them over the edges is three or four things back. And so really look at those transition times when they come home from school or when, and, and sometimes they don't want to talk. Like some kids shut, shut down. They don't want to talk about it. And some kids do, you know, so, um, but I really feel like we have to really decide in our families how we're going to, what do we do when we're angry and upset? What do we do when we need to let some of our steam off and what can we teach our kids that is okay to do so really think about what's okay in your family to do when you're really angry like if you're really mad and you're gonna throw things around then it's gonna have to be in your room or you know something like that you know um i don't really like kids to just go and like punch a pillow or um, a punching bag is a little bit different, but usually that doesn't release enough for the kids. I just don't know if it doesn't have enough reactiveness. And so I want to teach them to not have to be physical with it because they're not going to always have a punching bag, you know, and what happens if it's a person instead of a punching bag, you know? So we want to give them some tools and this might be, a, you know, I work with several families that have several family members that have anger problems. So it's like, okay, in our family, when we get angry, what can we do? And if the kids just tell you they're going to breathe or they're going to use their coping skills or they're going to go for a walk or something nice and calm that they never, ever do, like, don't buy it. Like, no, I don't think that's what you're going to do. Like, what you do when you're really angry is this. So how can I help you to not do this? Because I want to keep you from getting into trouble. And and we're, we have to kind of see it as we're, we want to protect them, not... I wouldn't go into like, I want to keep you from breaking my stuff. <laughs> I want to keep you from destroying things, you know, all of that. But it's like, I just want to keep you safe. I want to keep you from getting into more trouble. And I understand that you get really, really pissed off, you know, <laughs> but what are we going to do? So that's not going to happen in the moment. You're not going to have those discussions, but we got to have those discussions in other times. So um, if they're talking and they're upset and they're telling you about something and they're, even if they're off the wall and you might even know the whole situation that happened. My son would come home, I would already know from the school what had happened, kind of like, you know, what he, what he did. But when he would talk to me about it, like it was all about the stuff that, that everybody else did to him. Right. And so I wouldn't just ask him, like, I, I was really careful in how I do it. Like sometimes I would tell him like, Hey, I already heard from your teacher about what happened do you want to tell me your side of it? And and sometimes that was good enough. Sometimes he'd be mad already and just be like, no, because you're not going to believe me. You're going to just take their side, um, which is kind of true because I, I am going to always, like, I want all the adults to stand shoulder to shoulder because you've seen how crazy your kid can be. So you tell me if you believe all the stuff that they're telling you that everybody else did to them, you know. But I want them to be able to talk about that. So I would just tell them, well, you know, I, I just know what your teacher said, but I'm, I'd like to hear what you have to say. And it really started help, to help a lot when he could diffuse that way. And, um, and sometimes he needed to like walk around and pace while he was doing it or like, you know, you know, be kind of agitated. Think about how you are when you're really agitated and you need to vent. Um, 
there's not very many of us that when we get really upset and we don't necessarily flip our lid as often as our kids do but when we when we're upset enough like what do what are some of the things that we do and these can be really helpful for our kids so we're taking it really seriously but we got to really help them to develop that thinking and planning so a lot of times after he would get done like telling me what would happen and you know what happened and stuff i didn't ask a lot of more questions about it like i didn't try to get him to understand like well that kid said this to you because you did this first or anything like that because i want to keep him from ex exploding and i want to help him to learn better tools so it's like you know if this is his perception that this is the way it went down and that this kid did this to him and then you know he's not going to be able to actually logically understand that what he did was 10 times worse i've got to help him to find better ways like so sometimes after he would like do that then we could talk about like i wonder what we could have done differently you know well nothing because this kid you know it's like always somebody else's fault right and that's really frustrating but i want you to think about how much less frustrating it is to have a kid telling you that than it is to have them go down to their room and start breaking stuff or you know get mad about the next thing that you know that you tell them it's chore time and then they just explode and everybody's always picking on them you know stuff and now they're you know out of control so find those ways to help them work work through that when they're in that part of their brain where they can can talk about it you're not going to get really shining like teaching moments in that you know it's but it is it is present the opportunity if you if you can like hmm i wonder I wonder how we could do that differently, or I wonder if if that was the, the best way to respond to that. You know, you might get some of that, and you may have to talk about that another time. Like, oh, well, thank you for telling me what happened. Um, do you feel like you're ready to go do, to move on, or do we need to talk about it some more? You know, so watch that transition piece. You know, when you feel like you're, even if it starts off in the morning, like really, really try to watch what's going on in those moments and what you can do. So it's like, hey, you're having kind of a rough morning. Is there a way we can turn it around? So I want you to think too about like the things that we hold on to, right? Like, and how well that works for our kids. If they can't deal with something in the moment and then we, we hold it over, it's like, okay, so since you're having a bad morning and you didn't get your, your chores done or you didn't do this or you didn't eat your food or whatever it is, and then we hold that over, for them you know it's like so since you had a bad morning and we did this like you're gonna have to pay for that later i i don't think that's gonna work in helping our kids that are so like you know i'm you know talking about like their ability to you know like that's just going to be the next thing that sets them off so so if we're going to move on from something it's like hey i can tell you're having a bad morning you or you're you know but um let's let's just get this thing done so that we can move on and if and see if you can like help smooth some of those transitions the transitions have really been a key i think in what i'm noticing in these kids that are super explosive is um and so the, that time when they're kind of waiting um they get more anxious and edgy so you know kind of work on on that having knowing what you're going to do next knowing where you're going to go from here um and sometimes while they're telling you their their story you can be thinking about okay how am i going to move away from this you know and into the next thing and and kind of watching them to see if they're ready for it um if it's 
something with siblings, I don't recommend trying to get to the bottom of it with both kids at that time. Like they're just going to feed off each other. And the one that's explosive is going to be the one that gets explosive about it, whether it's because he got interrupted or because he thinks that they're telling lies or, you know, don't don't use your kids to be the ones that tell you be the truth. One of them to be the truth bearer of what the other one's doing. It's it's just a setup. And I think it's going to cause more conflict and someone probably will get hurt. Those are just a few things about like the thinking, the developing and planning and thinking about responses. And that is when they're at a certain level. I want to also make sure that we've got to really help the kids to understand that the, there's there's rules, right? And this is where I think it's like, you've got to really, really take it seriously about these kids and their destruction. Thanks for listening to The Parenting Bridge. Do you want to learn more about building a bridge to better behaviors? Pick up a copy of Dr. Michelle Alden's new book, Parenting Emotionally Distressed Kids. Or for more resources, you can click on the link for Healthy Foundations. If you would like to leave a comment or a question for Dr. Alden, there's a link in the notes. We'll see you next time. And remember, things can always get better.